Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Football Feeding Frenzy. As you've probably surmised by now, since you're not listening to the dulcet tones of one Mr. Gary Davenport, this is your host tonight, Walton Sperlin. I will be uh, driving the boat as, as Gary is out sick this week. So we're going to hope that Gary gets to feeling better. And in the meantime, I'll be, uh, as I said, driving the boat, staying away from the rocks, and luckily, to help me on this journey, I am joined by our other weekly co-host, Mr. Todd Lasky. Todd, how are things out there in that Minnesota area? Well, they're good right now, but we are bracing for our first, yes, you're going to hear it correctly, blizzard. We have snow on the way, uh, expected to hit the Twin Cities tomorrow uh, they're talking winds in excess of 55 miles an hour, and some places are going to get up to a foot of snow. So, yes, we're in a land of 10,000 lakes, but we're also the land of a lot of snow, and we're getting it tomorrow. Oh, my. That that could make things interesting uh, for that Sunday tilt with the uh, Cardinals coming to town, which we'll, we'll touch on a little bit, eh? Yeah, it should be kind of fun. <laughs> Well, as someone who, of course, lives in Michigan, uh, we also get our fair share of snow. I haven't checked to see if we have any coming anytime soon. But, of course, my first place, Detroit Lions, play indoors this week at Ford Field, where they will, of course, take the field as the first place Detroit Lions. Did I mention yet, Todd, that the Lions are in first place? You know, I think most of our listening crowd probably threw up just a little bit. But uh, I do have to let you uh... – Hang your hat on that. Ride it while you can. Um, not really sure what's going on with the whole NFC uh, North, but uh, I was talking about it with a couple of coworkers the other day, and they, at the end, you know, we all surmised that it might be a 500 record that wins the division this year, and we all kind of had a big chuckle out of that. So <laughs> I guess may the best team win. Well, there you have it. And uh, we were talking briefly before the show, and um, – I'll needle you a little bit just because, as I said, as a Lions fan, it's not often uh, after 10 weeks, you know, we can say we're in first place. And, of course, what put us there was a really good bye week (laughs) with both the Vikings and Packers losing. The Lions moved up. That was probably our best week of the season. So that's the way we roll here in Detroit. We'll we'll take it any way we can get it. But um, so – Let's kick off tonight's show, and obviously we're probably going to change things up a little bit, where as Gary likes to ask us uh, about individual games, who might get more yards, less yards, and we kind of each get a question and opinion on that. Well, tonight that would just turn into me asking you that pretty much. So we're probably just going to take a game-by-game look, uh, guys we like, uh, guys we're maybe concerned about, who we might start over other players. You know, I'm, I'm going to be Peyton Manning tonight here and uh, just call Omaha. We're, we're going to change the play up a little bit and, and just go that direction. So I'm going to start with a little bit of players in the news, and then we're going to get, of course, the studs and duds, which we have no updated scoring on. So I'm going to assume Todd is winning. He, he's, he's 
he's doing well and, and stealing lots of my picks. So, um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a moment. But some of the big uh, stories that jumped out at me, and again, we'll touch on them as we talk about the games. Uh, Rob Gronkowski very iffy to play this week with a first reported punctured lung, then they backed off chest injury, then perforated lung. He hasn't practiced yet this week. He had to cancel an appearance because he wasn't cleared to fly. They play, I believe, where they, they're at San Francisco this week, so that would require some flying. I get the feeling Gronk won't play. Obviously, keep checking your uh, reports, uh, injury reports. Uh, Jamal Charles underwent another little procedure on his knee. I say little. It's not my knee, but I want to throw it over to you for a second here, Todd. Uh, obviously, this makes it appear that Charles won't be back this year. What are your thoughts on Jamal Charles uh, heading forward? Is, is, is father time and the injury, uh, many injuries he suffered over the last couple of years, catching up with him, is that something we should be concerned about? Yes, I'm going to uh, talk about next year's draft. But is, is that, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? No, actually, it's a big cause for concern. Uh, Jamal Charles gets banged up all about every other year. We've seen that throughout his career. He's also at that age 30, which we know backs start deteriorating quite rapidly. Uh, I was actually very fortunate when uh, uh, Charles first went down, I was able to pick up Spencer Ware in a keeper league. And I'm beyond thrilled right now to have that opportunity to have Spencer Ware now as a almost for certain keeper next year. Because I don't think Jamal Charles will be back in case he, uh, I think if he plays, and that's a big if, because this may be the end for him, but if he does play next year, uh, I got to see that it's going to be on, on like a one-year prove-it kind of deal again because of all all of his previous injuries and his age. I think those two, are, it's a deadly combination. So I think he's going to have to prove himself just a little bit. So uh, I don't think he's back in KC. Uh, one team may take a flyer on him on a one-year prove-it deal, but as it stands right now, we just don't know who that will be because – as we've seen in the past, players can up and uh, all of a sudden retire on a moment's notice uh, for whatever reason. And so a team may become desperate enough or curious enough to try and stab at Jamal Charles. But I don't think he's back in KC. Yeah, I tend to agree, uh, especially with the assessment that there's the, the running back cliff. Or I, I, you know I like to call it the Michael Turner cliff, but th- this situation actually reminds me a little bit more of Marshall Falk, where I, I think, and, and I can say right away that I, I blame myself for a couple of seasons of doing this, is that after he had started to deteriorate, and then, but also, more importantly, like you just touched on, suffer you know, injuries almost on a yearly basis, I still kept thinking, well, it's Marshall Falk. He's got one more good year left in him. And I can tell you that cost me a couple of drafts. <laughs> so... I see Charles kind of in that same light. And as you mentioned, Spencer Ware has really taken a hold of that job. So I think best case scenario for Charles, if he does end up in Kansas City somehow next year, he's a situational player and basically a backup to to Spencer Ware. But it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Another quick uh, bit of information, and then, uh, again, we'll touch on this a little bit more in the game breakdowns. But – I'm glad to have Todd. Uh, he's, I'm always glad to have Todd on a weekly basis. Great co-host, but especially because he, he does a lot of the uh, articles based on how the rookies are doing. And he's going to have a new guy to write about this week following their tilt against the Miami Dolphins, Jared Goff. 
the Rams are going to roll them out. And uh, less than a week after Sam Weish of the NFL Network reported that the reason the Rams weren't starting Goff yet is that he simply wasn't ready. Well, something's happened, Todd, and they're going to, they're going to roll Goff out now. What, um, what are your early thoughts on, on how that's going to go? Well, you know, I, I'm hoping for the best for Jared, but uh, I, I'm very fearful for the beginning uh, starting this week. Um, number one, um, I, I don't know exactly where the Rams are offensively. Uh, they want to try and run the ball with Todd Gurley, but he's not having a very productive year, and a lot of people wasted a very high pick on him. They've got some talent at the wide receiver position, but they're not utilizing it correctly. Tavon Austin... He's got some big weeks, but he's got some awful weeks. Uh, Kenny Britt, kind of the same situation. Uh, I just don't know if they've got the the leadership up front to guide that offense. And I think this might be a mistake throwing Goff into the situation right now because there's really not a, a certain area in which they're targeting to go to. It's kind of a misled offense. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how they're going to play. I think it's kind of you got to throw them under the fire sometime. I I understand that. I get that. But they got to improve their offensive play calling a little bit before you throw a quarterback, a freshman quarterback like Goff, into the fire. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I Right before this show every week, I do, I do a weekly appearance on the Sean Stewart show, and I made the point I would have, I would have waited one more week on this if I'm the uh, if I'm the Rams, because first of all, Miami's really been playing well lately. Their defense, especially, and Dominican Sue's been becoming a force again. I believe they got ten sacks in the last three games and like six interceptions. So you're throwing a rookie into that. You know, ever since they switched to a run-heavy offense with Jay Ajayi, their their defense has stepped up. Week twelve, they would have a chance to go to New Orleans. I think that's a defense that he could probably have a little more success against. But I, I think you had to make the move just because the fans are chanting for him. Yeah, you won last week, but what was that a nine-six news fest with the Jets? Yep. Uh, they should have. Yeah, they should have paid people to watch that game and, instead of you know <laughs> charging for tickets. But that's just my dig. But I think we all knew that going in. But well, those are my little. Those are the big news items that sort of jumped out to me, and uh, of course that brings us to studs and duds. And again, we don't have updated standings. That's kind of how we roll here. We keep, we we just keep it. Uh, we hope we're winning, but we don't know if we're winning. So that's that's good <laughs> enough. It's, it's like polling. It's like polling. You don't know if the polls are really accurate. And I, uh, I've lost a lot of faith in polls. Just like you know, I might I'm gonna go ahead and say that I'm winning. I, I'm taking over the lead again. <laughs> just, <laughs> just because I could do that. Yeah, that's again. I I claimed the uh, victory last season. There was absolutely no data to support that, and. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and and keep riding that pony, but uh, let's kick it off here. Uh, I don't have Gary's pick. He's he's sick. We're going to give him the um, illness uh, extension, so I'm sure we'll find out who Gary uh, picks via email or phone call or something at some point. We just want Gary to get healthy right now, so he's got to do what he's got to do, and we'll just talk about our picks tonight. And I believe, once again, you're stealing a bunch of my picks. But go ahead, start us off. Who is your stud quarterback for week 11? Well, well once again, I, I will reiterate this, because I've had to the past several weeks. 
I write down my top choices and then I narrow it down based upon reports of injuries or practices and that sort of thing. But yes, yours and my picks are very eerily similar. Uh, but quarterback, I'm going with what seemed to be a fairly obvious choice in Cam Newton going against a terrible pass defense with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I expect Cam Newton to be able to throw the ball to Kelvin Benjamin for a little <laughs> bit later. Okay. Plus Greg Olson, plus Cam Newton is also going to be, be able to run the ball pretty effectively. I just think Cam Newton was a, a bullseye pick for this week for quarterback. Yeah, that that's what I went with as well. Um, the first two, uh, the first time these teams played was back in, uh, I think week six. It was forty-one thirty-eight New Orleans, high scoring. I think Breeze threw four touchdowns. Newton, I think, had three total. I think two passing, one rushing, something close to that. So I think Newton's a good play again tonight. They're at home. Let's hope for a good Thursday night game. That'd be a rarity. So so we have the same uh, person there, and um, I'm gonna go ahead and. Uh, well, I, we we all, I guess we have to get your dud quarterback. Go ahead. I think I'm going to know the name. <laughs> okay. Well, looking at looking again at the matchups for this week, you know, concerning you know, we have to take somebody that's inside the top twelve, and concerning you know the buys that are being affecting you know our picks and all, I went with my choice, James Winston this week. He's playing at KC, a very hostile environment, a very good defense. I expect Casey to be able to control the ball on the ground um, with uh, the running game, and that's another hint, hint. Um, so mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I think Tampa Bay is going to have a very tough time on the field on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Marcus Peters, I expect to be covering uh, Mike Evans pretty pretty thoroughly, and without Mike Evans, I don't see very much uh, from a passing aspect out of Jameis Winston. So Jameis Winston is my pick. Yep, I also went with Winston, and for a lot of the reasons that you just hit on, I mean, this Kansas City defense is so opportunistic. Uh, the last five weeks, they've got 13 sacks, 12 turnovers, and they've scored a couple defensive touchdowns. But, yeah, more importantly, you touched on it. Peters, I know he hasn't practiced yet this week, but they're saying they're just monitoring his work so that he'll be ready to go on Sunday. There's a very good chance that Justin Houston returns this week, makes his debut. He says he feels healthy enough to play every snap, but still, that's another pass-rushing weapon there. So, yeah, I think Winston gets hurried into quite a few turnovers. So, yeah, I I, I like that pick. Now let's kick it on over to the uh, running back position, and uh, who's your stud for this week, Todd? Touching on that same exact game that we were just talking about, uh, I mentioned Casey should be eating the time up on the clock quite a bit with the running game. I expect Spencer Ware to be able to eat alive that Tampa Bay defense. Uh, I can see him going over 100 yards and crossing the goal line not once, but maybe twice. Uh, Spencer Ware was, again, a very pretty easy pick for me at at this position. Yeah, I went with Ware as well. Um, Like the matchup, uh, good chance Jeremy Macklin is out again, so they're going to rely heavily on it. He's also heavily involved in the passing game. I, I I think Ware has a has a big week, especially in his second game back after, I think, missing one game with a concussion. So I, I look for even more from him. So let's flip it over to the dud side. Who would your dud be? 
Uh, I actually expect uh, that the game between Indianapolis and Tennessee to be a shootout. Marcus Mariota has been playing extremely well lately, and we know uh, Andrew Luck likes to throw the ball up, oh, just a little bit. But because of this shootout potential, I don't see a lot of running out of Frank Gore this week. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot more of the passing game. And, yes, Frank Gore does catch passes out of the backfield, but I think this is more of a gunner's uh, shootout uh, with Andrew Luck. He's got Dante Moncrief back. He's got T.Y. Hilton back and healthy. I can see him going a lot more downfield than the short passes. So I got Frank Gore as my dud this week. Yep, I also went with Gore, and this was tough because I, he could go off and you know end up having a nice game. But he was the one name that sort of stood out for me when I when I looked at the top twelve. I'm like, well, I can see all of these guys having a good game. And as you mentioned, he's been more involved in the passing game. I think he's had like two receiving touchdowns in the last two or three games, so that possibly is there. But of all the names I saw, I mean, Gore sort of stood out, and it hurts me to put Frank there because I love me some Frank Gore, but. I think that's that's the way to go. So I think we finally differ on this next position. Um, so go ahead. Who do you have as your stud wide receiver this week? Well, I, I touched on it uh, when it, we talked about the quarterback position uh, with uh, Cam Newton going up against New, uh, New Orleans. I think he's just going to have a, a big day. And I think his big receiver, or one of his big receivers, will finally step up. Uh, in the past, it's been a lot of Greg Olson this year. I think Kelvin Benjamin has a big game this week. I don't think the Saints have anybody that can come close to covering him. Uh, I can see him getting a lot of catches, a ton of yardage, and scoring at least once. Kelvin Benjamin was one of my top two choices. Uh, I had another one. He's actually The other one was from your home team, but uh, uh, I'm going with Kelvin Benjamin this week. I, I like that pick. I think um... – yeah, uh, and plus you get it out of the way nice and early on Thursday night. You gotta yeah. put that put that stud away. Uh, I went another direction, and uh, I guess I'm looking for a little lightning strikes twice uh, situation here. But I'm going with Doug Baldwin, Seattle Seahawks uh, at home against the Eagles. Uh, not just that chasing because he had three touchdowns last week. Although we like three touchdowns, it's he's showing that chemistry again, and more importantly, Russell Wilson's healthy. He's extending plays with his legs. If we remember down the stretch last year, I just brought it up. Let's see. From weeks 12 to 17, Baldwin had three, five, eight, ten, eleven touchdown catches, including two three-touchdown games. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he gets hot again. Maybe not that hot, but I just like the, the Seattle offense in general right now. I like the way Russell Wilson looks. They're using Jimmy Graham. Uh, like they did not last year, which I think opens up more room for Baldwin to operate. I need to see Tyler Lockett, you know, somebody who's going to have a couple of big games. And then Jermaine Kerr seems to be the, the odd man out. But I like Baldwin this week. I want uh, I like him to stay hot. Philadelphia secondary is nothing to write home about. Wilson can evade that pass rush that they got going with the wide nine now that he can be healthy again. So I'm rolling out Baldwin. We'll see if lightning is strike twice. And I think we might have the same person here at, at, at Dud, which might have to pain you. But uh, who, who's your Dud wide receiver? Yeah, my Dud wide receiver actually set an NFL record. Uh, the past two games, he's caught 13 catches in both games. First time in history that that's ever happened. Uh, but the Cardinals have announced that he is going to be covered by Patrick Peterson. Uh, so my Dud this week 
as much as it pains me, is Stefan Diggs. He's proven to be the only, well, I can't say the only offensive weapon, but by far the biggest. Kyle Rudolph has done some good this year, but it's been mainly Stefan Diggs, uh, and I just don't see that Sam Bradford is going to have a lot of time in a pocket. Uh, the offensive line is a complete ruins. The Cardinals have a good front four, and they got some good outstanding outside linebackers that can also put a lot of heat on. Uh, I don't see Bradford having a lot of time in a pocket. Uh, he's going to be running for his life, or he's going to be hit, hitting off a lot. Stephon Diggs is not going to get a chance to get open a lot. So uh, they may try to throw him a ball a lot, but I don't see him getting that many catches. Yeah, that's um, I'm I'm in lockstep with you there. That's also why I picked once I heard the Peterson news. Now you you brought in the weather factor. Now it could be. Well, is that is that a retractable roof? Are they able to? I, I'm not that familiar with the new stadium there. Uh, is that, that is retractable. Yeah, that is retractable. Okay, so, so okay, all right. So that may not be such a big deal uh, as far as but still the, the Peterson lining up on it. Like said, you know, Sam Bradford is not a a world beater. Uh, you know, as far as being able to, you know, overcome a tough, you know, cornerback being on your guy. So, uh, yeah, that that was just a name that stood out to me. And then, you know, once I heard that they're they're going to put Peterson on him, I think that that's going to you're going to really limit what what he's able to do this week. And uh, you know, as a Lions fan, I'm happy to say that. <laughs> Let's switch it over to. The, I like to do dramatic pauses. To drag out as long as possible the Lions being in first place, but let's flip <laughs> it over to the uh, defensive side of the ball. And uh, who is your IDP stud this week? Well, touching on that very same game uh, again, I've lost all complete faith and confidence in the offensive line of the Vikings. They've suffered about 170 injuries this year. Um, I have not even heard who they're going to announce as their starting tackles yet, but I don't think it really matters. I think Calais Campbell could have a very big game. Uh, again, the Vikings can't run the ball. They're going to have to try, try and pass it somehow. They're not going to be effective. I think Calais Campbell is one of many Cardinals who could have a big game this week. Yeah, I like that pick. I, I, I like that pick when I saw that. It's, yeah, the, it's, yeah, their offensive line's banged up. Uh, there are all reports, also reports, excuse me, that um, – the Honey Badger may return this week. So there's another defensive weapon for uh, Arizona to, to make life miserable for the Vikings. So we'll see. He might be on a snap count, but I know he was practicing early in the week. So we'll see if he makes the field. I went with a longtime favorite of mine. Again, a tip of the cap. I've, I've been really swinging and missing on most of my IDPs anyway this year. So I went back to Sean Lee. The Sean Leewell, linebacker Dallas Cowboys. Nah, decent matchup against Baltimore. Well, basically because it's Sean Lee, and I like Sean Lee, and, you know, his needs could go out at any time, so I want to get him in there while I can. <laughs> you know, I have to admit, right. I like Sean Lee, too, and I always look at him. Uh, he's one of my top focuses every week whenever we're playing this game. I always look at him because, again, he's injured a lot, but when he's on the field, he's pretty effective. Yeah, exactly, and this will thin it at linebacker. That, you know, as long as he can drag himself out there, he's going to get the snap. So I always figure he's good for – Good week, and he can surprise you with a big play every once in a while, but solid tackle numbers. All right, let's flip it over, and um, who is your dud IDP player this week? Well, as much as you are uh, gloating about your first-place Detroit Lions, um, they are oh, at home right. this week. They're in first place. Yeah, 
Yeah. They are at home this week against Jacksonville. Um, as we all know, Jacksonville does not have um, the best defense, uh, to say the least. But Detroit also does not offer much of a running game. So I think Detroit's going to be passing the ball quite a bit, and that's going to take out a lot of the potential for Paul Pozlowski to have a good game for Jacksonville. If he's not there making tackles uh, against the running back, he's pretty ineffective. Uh, I see a lot of passing for Detroit. I think Paul's taken out of the game quite a bit. So Paul's Paul was kind of an easy choice for me. Yeah, that's that's not a bad choice at all. And again, kind of in the in the Sean Lee category, I love me some Paz, but yeah, the Lions are, aren't aren't a threat to run the ball. You know, they, uh, there's always talk locally that they're going to get the rookie Washington involved more, and now yeah, doesn't happen. They go with Theo Riddick and they go to the edge. Are they using them in the passing game? So, yeah, I think Paz is, is going to be limited. I went with Danny Shelton, uh, defensive tackle for the Cleveland Browns, just because I generally have the most success picking defensive tackles. Of course, I picked Nick Fairley last week, former Lion, and, you know, he puts up top five numbers. But, hey, I'm going defensive <laughs> tackle. It's worked. I worked with McClendon for a long time. Same thing. Shelton had, like, a big week four, and he's been riding those numbers to stay in the top 12. So we move on from him. All right, there's our studs and duds. Now what we're going to do, like I said, we're, we're just going to – I'm going to jump around and touch on games. Hopefully we'll get to them all. If we run out of time, we don't get to them all. It's going to be because I don't pick games that I don't believe have much fantasy potential. And some of the games we've already touched on players, so you know, we'll, we'll be quick on them. And, well, let's just start out. Um, it's interesting because you mentioned there's a Detroit player you're thinking about maybe using the studs and duds. Who do you like in the Jacksonville-Detroit game? Who, who are some players that will definitely be in your lineups if you have them? And who are some guys that maybe we should think about avoiding, Todd? Well, actually, he's been uh, coming on quite a bit of late. Uh, I, actually, I think a very nice sleeper is actually Eric Ebron, uh, tight end for the Lions. Uh, it seems like Stafford is gaining a little bit more confidence with him now that he's had a few games on his belt. He seems to be improving his knowledge of the aspect of the offense and uh, the game calls. Uh, I like Ebron a lot, but I, actually I like most of the receivers for Detroit. Uh, uh, Marvin Jones was one of my top choices at wide receiver. Uh, I also think Golden Tate could have a big game. So across the board, I like the receivers for Detroit in this game. Yeah, I, I can see that as well. I think uh, for this week at least, although Jim Bob Cooter came out, any excuse to say Jim Bob Cooter, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to use that offensive quarter Detroit. And he said, Marvin Jones will have big weeks because he's had quite a few down weeks as Golden Tate has reemerged as a weapon. But he's like, he's still going to have big weeks for us. I'm not positive that it's going to be this week. Because one thing Jacksonville has been okay at or had success with is Jalen Ramsey. The rookie's been able to shut some guys down. I think they might put him on Jones just because of the fear of the deep threat, which again, will open up stuff for the, or you mentioned Ebron and Golden Tate. And, of course, you love uh, Theo Riddick in, in, in PPR. And on the flip side, I like Blake Bortles. I like Allen Robinson. They've clicked the last two weeks. A touchdown and at least 70 yards receiving in the last two games for Robinson. The Lions give it up to quarterbacks. They give it up to wide receivers. And, of course, you got to roll out Julius Thomas. I, I don't care. I think he only played less than 30 snaps last week. The Lions flat out give up touchdowns to tight ends. You know, they've given up the most, and I think they've given up a, a touchdown to a tight end in seven of nine games. So, if you have yeah, Gronk, who may not play, go Julius Thomas. 
Yeah, in one of my leagues, I needed to pick up a tight end because I had, cause I had Antonio Gates, and Thomas was one of my two choices. Uh, I actually went a different route, and it goes back to the Gronk injury, and I went with Martellus Bennett, but Julius Thomas was my second option. And I do also like Julius Thomas this week. Yeah, well, let's let's jump over then to the uh, – since you, you brought up the black unicorn, let's go ahead and jump to that game. Uh, just a couple of quick questions for you here. Obviously, New England at San Francisco. First of all, is there any 49er you would start? And second of all, uh, who's the uh, New England Patriot you might sit? No, no. Um, actually, I would not start a 49er. Um, I think this game could get ugly in a hurry. Um, I was actually mm-hmm. thinking about Brady as my quarterback before the news of Gronk. Uh, with the news of Gronk, he kind of stayed down. So that's why I went with uh, uh, Cam Newton as my stud, or my stud quarterback. But I think the Patriots coming off of a loss uh, are going to come into San Fran. Brady's from that area. Uh, I think they're going to light it up. Um, I like LeGarrette Blunt quite a bit in this game. Uh, his massiveness uh, in the running game towards the goal line is going to be too much. I think he crosses the goal line a couple times. Uh, I also see maybe uh, a touchdown from like a, a Martellus Bennett. That's why I picked him up. And or a Julian Edelman. So uh, those are the, my, my top Patriots this week. Yeah, I'm in lockstep with you. There's, there's not a 49er I roll out in this matchup. It's going to be a surly New England defense. You don't really want to mess with that. And I, I like what you just mentioned. I think Edelman, you know, has struggled in the red zone, but with Gronk being out, he'll get those looks this week. And I look for Edelman to have a big week. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's putting up his normal PPR numbers, but just without the touchdowns. I think, uh, does he have one on the year? So I think, you know, Brady knows how to, you know, grease the squeaky wheel. And I'm not saying Edelman's complaining, but he wants to keep Edelman as part of that offense. I really like Edelman. And again, I, I also love uh, LeGarrette Blount just because, the 49ers defense, is, they've given up 15 receiving touchdowns. So um, that's why, or, you know, just the wide receivers. So that's why I like Edelman. So we're kind of in lockstep on that one. Well, let's go ahead. And, and I know we touched on it a little bit in studs and does, and we talked about uh, digs, but um, Arizona Cardinals at your Minnesota Vikings. Uh, who do you like from the Vikings? And um, uh, who are you leaning towards for the Cardinals? Uh, I don't really like much for the Vikings, to be honest. I think if there's anybody, if you got to throw a dart and and pick a Viking, I guess I would go to Kyle Rudolph, but I don't like that option either. I think this turns out to be a very bad matchup for the Vikings, especially with how they've played with all the offensive line injuries, uh, with the offensive coordinator change. This game does not match up well at all for the Vikings. Um, whereas David Johnson, for the Cardinals, could have a big game, both um, uh, running and receiving. Uh, the Vikings still have a top offense, but with Arizona being, being on the field so much on the offensive side of the ball because the Vikings' offense is not going to be able to do much, David Johnson is going to have his fair share of, of opportunities, both in the running and receiving game. I think he's a locked and loaded number one uh, running back, um, but he he is virtually every week anyway. So. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the, the Vikings are just going to struggle on offense. Just, you mentioned Rudolph as a possibility, but then, you know, you, you kind of touched on it. The Cardinals, 
are the toughest defense when it comes to allowing fantasy points to tight ends. They still haven't given up a touchdown to a tight end. And on the season, they've only given up 26 receptions and 246 yards. So I think even Rudolph could struggle. And that's what you get when you run a defense like the Cardinals do, where they've they've transitioned a lot of safeties up into linebacker, like Dion Buchanan. And then if Honey Badger's back, the way that he kind of freelances around there, I think that makes it really tough uh, for the tight end position. And I think it's going to be tough for pretty much most of the offensive positions. I like Larry Fitzgerald this week. Of course, I always love Elfitz. Me and, you know, me and Gary generally have a weekly you know, Elfitz cuddle on the show. But just because he'll line up in the slot, and I believe, and you can probably help me on this, uh, Xavier Rhodes is in the concussion protocol, but I think he's moving along pretty well. So is he expected to play? Yeah, he's expected to play this week. Uh, it looks like things are, are good to go with him. Um, so I'm not, I thought about Fitzgerald. I mean, he used to be a, a, a ball boy for the Vikings way back when. His dad still lives in the area. Right, yeah. radio show. But because of his uncertainty, I had to knock him down just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I see this Fitzgerald you know, has been practicing, but I, and the chances are and what they use him a lot now is in the slot. So I think that's going to help him avoid Rhodes because I, I love Rhodes as, a, as an IDP guy. and as a He's just a, he's a very good cornerback. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned it. you you got to love – David Johnson, I mean, Carson Palmer is not having a very good year. I think he's got 11 touchdowns, eight interceptions. And I think your Vikings defensive line might get a little bit healthy this week as far as their sack totals because Arizona's given up 10 sacks in the last two games. And let's face it, Carson Palmer and uh, the word mobile, they don't live on the same street. So, you know, (laughs) this could be a bounce-back week for for Griffin and uh, Hunter and even Robinson. So, It'll be interesting. And, you know, of course, I'll be cheering for the Cardinals as a uh, well, fan sure. of the first-place Detroit Lions. <laughs> oh, and, let, and let, let's not forget. Yes, yes. As we were not on last week, let's not forget the fact that uh, I think I'm going to have me some brewskis headed my way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, dreaded Blair Walsh project has finally come to an end, thankfully. Um, but once yeah. again, he uh, he's uh, – Struggled the past couple of weeks, cost me some beers. So kudos to you, Raleigh. Uh, uh, you're gonna get a, a uh, some beers from the Summit Brewing. Um, I was actually looking forward to having some bells, but I guess I gotta pay the piper on this one. But we'll see how, how Kai Forbath now does for the Vikings. There you go. There you go. And I found it so funny that Blair Walsh, uh, from the articles I was able to read or just snippets, was wasn't happy that the Vikings brought in other kickers to work out. Really? Because uh, are you actually blind, not just because the way you're kicking? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, of course they should have brought him in. And he was so angry that he went out and missed another extra point. Yep. All right, let's touch – Yeah, we'll touch on some games quick here. Oh, we're doing decent on time. Um, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. That was a great game last week with the, with the Steelers and Cowboys. How, how fun was that to watch? I'm not sure this one's going to be the same. Kind of the same question as the last game. Uh, are there any Browns you're comfortable starting? And are there any Steelers that we should be worried about starting in this matchup? Because I know Gary's not well, here, and he's sick. Yeah. And I should be nice because he's not here and he's sick, but the Browns are horrible. And I've lived through an 0-16 season, and, and they have that smell to them. So what's your outlook on uh, this game? No, actually, you're right. Uh, 
my girlfriend is from the Pittsburgh uh, area. That's her favorite team. Uh, I would expect that she's going to be all locked and loaded to party hard on Sunday because I think the Steelers can just light up the Browns like no tomorrow. Uh, Big Ben tried to light a fire under them this week after the loss. Once again, they've lost four in a row now. Um, they should be a much better team than what they've been playing like. I think they let all cannons loose and they destroy the Browns this week. I would not be afraid to start any and all Steelers. I even mentioned in my uh, rookie review article that uh, I would not be afraid to start Eli Rogers this week because I think he's going to get a lot of time mm-hmm. on the field because the Steelers are going to be up big. Why not let some of the starters rest? Why not get some of the guys some more experience like Eli Rogers? So I expect every Steeler to be productive. Uh, on the Brown side of the ball, no. Coy Coleman came back last week very unproductive. For some strange reason, Cody Kessler started off playing pretty well against Baltimore. They were within striking distance, and then lo and behold, Hugh Jackson decided to bench Kessler. Uh, Lord only knows why. Nobody seemed to figure it out. But uh, I think Kessler's going to be playing again this week. But what kind of an attitude or what kind of fear is he going to have in the back of his mind saying, oh, no, am I going to be pulled again? Uh, I I think that's a very negative thing to put into a, a young quarterback's mind. I don't see any Cleveland Brown being um, anywhere near respectable on offense. So no, don't do not start any Cleveland Brown. Yeah, I'm pretty much uh, on the same page with you. I, I guess maybe if you're in a really deep league and um, you've got some guys on by, maybe Terrell Pryor. I've been surprised at how well he's done, but if I could help it, I wouldn't start any Brown. And I think Ladarius Green is a sneaky good start for Pittsburgh this week. He got his feet wet last week in his first game back. The Browns are just about as bad. Or actually, they're as bad as my Detroit Lions, who are in first place, at covering tight ends. <laughs> so I think Green, this could be when they get Green involved in the offense. and Because uh, Jesse James wasn't really getting it done. And, yes, I like just to be able to say Jesse James. But let's scooch on down to a game which I think could be very entertaining, and I'll be interested in your, uh, your, your take on it. It's a rematch. Uh, I believe the Colts won the first game between these two teams with the Tennessee Titans, who just put a beat down. I think we're both happy about this on the Green Bay Packers. I did not see that type of game coming from Tennessee, but they travel to Indianapolis. I, I think this is a game rife with uh, with fantasy potential. Uh, who do you like on both teams, and is there anybody that that you'd be afraid to start uh, on either team? Well, actually, according to Vegas. Uh, this morning's lines has this as the highest over-under of the week at 53 points. Uh, yes, that's even higher than tonight's game, which is at 40, or at 52.5. But uh, Mary, Marcus Mariota, as I mentioned earlier, has been like one of the hottest quarterbacks, if not the hottest quarterback the past month. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of great weapons, but he's playing very smart football, and he's utilizing his tools the right way. And obviously, DeMarco Murray is having a great year. Uh, DeMarco Murray and Marcus Mariota are must-starts for Tennessee, as is Delaney Walker. As far as the Colts, uh, I'm going with uh, the passing game, so that would be Andrew Luck. Uh, I wouldn't be afraid to start Dante Moncrief or T.Y. Hilton either. So those would be be my must-starts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I uh, can't argue with any of that. And actually, in their first game back in week seven, Andrew Luck uh, finishes one of the top scoring uh, fantasy quarterbacks that week. He ended up putting up 353 yards, three touchdowns, and uh, no interceptions. So I think this, yeah, this is going to be a fun one to watch. And hey, Mariota. What is the stat? He still hasn't thrown a red zone interception uh, since entering the league. Uh, that, that's that's pretty nice for uh, a young quarterback. So, and I love his relationship that he's developed with Delaney Walker. It's just, you know, know what side your bread is buttered on, and and and, and keep feeding it. So, I think mean, that was going to be a fun game to watch. This one maybe not as much, but let's go ahead and touch on. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens travel to Dallas. What Ravens do you like? Meh. And what Cowboys, if any, do we sit? And who do you like on that Dallas side of the ball? Or not well, like as, that offense is rolling. As we've mentioned, uh, especially with your team and my team, uh, your team, I'm sorry, the first place Detroit Lions and my team. Thank you. Thank Lions. you for that. Um uh, the running game has not been very effective in Baltimore either. I expect Baltimore to be passing quite a bit, so I would not be afraid to uh, Flacco, Luke Wallace, or Steve Smith uh, as far as Baltimore is concerned. As far as Dallas is concerned, I don't know if I'm really afraid to start anybody, even though Baltimore on paper has the top defense in the NFL uh, with the uh, Averaging just over 280 yards a game total given up. Uh, I think Dallas is a, is a different entity because of that offensive line. They're also playing with quite a bit of confidence across the board. I don't care if it's the rookie Dak Prescott or if it's Ezekiel Elliott. They've got a great tight end and Jason Witten, who seems to be kind of spearheading in the locker room also. Uh, I think Des Bryant is also picking his game back up and fully healthy. I'm not afraid to start any Cowboy of those four. Um, but I think it's just the passing game that, that you got to start as far as the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, that, that uh, you touched on something interesting there, especially over the last, I think over the last, their last three games, the Ravens you know, defense special team, you know, for fantasy purposes, is one of the, the top, uh, a top scoring, if not the top scoring. But then you just have to take a little closer look at who they played in the last three games. The New York Jets with, you know, Fitz train wreck. And then the Steelers with Roethlisberger, you know, first game back from his injury, and then of course the Browns. And then as far as the ranking on the season, they've got to, they've already played the Browns twice. That always helps. You know, Jacksonville, no nah, Giants, all right, but Washington. So yeah, I, I think that Baltimore is kind of a paper champion uh, defense right now. And I agree with every everybody you talked about. It's you know. I see garbage time points as the big thing for the the Baltimore passing game, and you know, hey, they count the same as as all the other points. So, all right, let me do a time check and see. You know, we may end up skipping some games, but if we do again, because we just don't feel that they're the uh, the, the very exciting variety. Let's go ahead and uh, look really quickly at another. Since we're both, you know, fans of the NFC North teams, Chicago Bears at New York Giants. Is there any bear you would touch now that Alshon Jeffrey's out? And does Eli Manning keep it rolling? He's he's been kind of hot lately. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He has been hot, and I expect Eli and Odell Beckham to both keep it going. In fact, 
the rookie Sterling uh, Shepard has scored the past two weeks. I think he can make it three weeks in a row. And I think Eli has a very nice game this week. Uh, as far as the Bears, especially with no Elshon Jeffrey, and you're going to be starting the likes of uh, Cameron Meredith, and uh, isn't Marquise Wilson coming back? I think he's the other wide receiver. He doesn't doesn't throw yeah. a lot of fear. Uh, so I think uh, they can stack eight in the box to stop Jordan Howard in in the rushing game. So no, there's not a bear I like as far as fantasy purposes. Yeah, yeah, they're really not even uh, Eddie Royal. No, he's good for about four touchdowns a year in like you know two different games, and then hurt most of the time. So you're not feeling Eddie Royal this week. No, I'm not feeling Eddie at all. <laughs> I just like to throw Eddie Royal out there. I think maybe <laughs> if you're in a bind, if you're in a bind because, again, Gronk being hurt you know, in the bye weeks, although let's face it, we're not really missing any good tight end other than Antonio Gates as far as bye weeks. Zach Miller, maybe. I think he just goes in increase in targets enough to make him a, a start. Now you can probably find somebody better out there. Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't think you touched the Giants rushing game. Rashad Jennings looks looked good last week, but you don't know. Perkins may get more touches. Um, this is a game that, again, I touched on a little bit uh, there in my studs and duds section. But um, what are you feeling as far as the Philadelphia Eagles heading to Seattle to face the Seahawks in the 12th man? Uh, are there any Eagles that you're comfortable starting? And as far as Seattle, um, especially curious about what you think is going to go on with the running back situation. Now that they released Christine Michael and Thomas Rawls is due to be back and ProSize looked like he did. Um, give us your thoughts on how you see this game going and who you like from a fantasy perspective. Well, I think they announced that ProSize is going to be the starter and going to see the bulk of the work. It sounds like they're going to ease Thomas Rawls back in. So I like uh, Prozice quite a bit in this game. Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson seems to be back at fully uh, at, at full health. As you mentioned earlier, Doug Baldwin is also a great possibility. Uh, I wouldn't be afraid to start him at all. I also think uh, uh, the big tight end is going to be coming back. And as I predicted early in the year, I had him as a sleeper top five. And both you and Gary were really shocked that I said that. But I think he can also have a big game this week. Uh, so my Seahawks, I'm locked and loaded and ready to go with them. Uh, I feel very comfortable with Seattle at home. Um, I don't think they're going to have a layover or letdown based upon their big win last week. Whereas Philadelphia, I think the Ryan Matthews train, he's been very productive the past couple of weeks. I think that comes to a screeching halt this week. I think Carson Wentz, who's been very respectable, even though they've had some tough losses recently, he's still been very respectable. I think he can actually have a poor week this week. I think that Seattle secondary could eat him alive uh, as far as blocking his receivers, as far as protecting passes. I think that defensive line can get through and put some pressure on him. I don't like his chances against the, the Seattle defense. I don't really like too much on Philadelphia across the board. I, I, I concur with everything you just said, uh, especially I think Wentz. I don't think he knows what he's heading into. You know, a road game at Seattle with that crowd, that defense, uh, and then considering the fact that in his last four games, you know, he's got two touchdown passes and four interceptions. 
you know, uh, amazingly, Ryan Matthews went off last week, you know, which, you know, he ended up, I believe, with 21 touches in last week's game, where in the two previous games he had played 16 snaps. So, you know, try, trying to figure out what uh, Philadelphia is doing at running back uh, will drive you crazy. I almost pulled out what little hair I had left. I agree with everything you said. I love the way they're using Jimmy Graham now. I don't believe that uh, Philadelphia has anybody to help contain him, again, which opens up, you know, so much of the field for Doug Baldwin to operate. Uh, As far as the running game, I believe I agree they're going to ease Rawls back in. I think eventually, you know, they're going to want to use him in the Marshawn Lynch role that they did last year before he went down with the injury. But ProSize is such a great receiving weapon out of the backfield. I think, you know, we'll see his touches go down as Rawls gets healthier. But, again, this week I think he's the running back you want from them. Uh, let's kick it over real quick, just because we mentioned him in the um, the uh, opening news segment. Who do you like in the Miami Dolphins at the Los Angeles Rams matchup this week? Um, what is the Goth effect, if you will? Well, um, as you mentioned, uh, Miami's been playing pretty good defensive late. Uh, I think this is actually kind of a tough situation to throw Jared Goff in. I think you were right in stating that it would have been better for them to wait a week. But as you also mentioned, the fans have been clamoring quite a bit to see him on the field. It's a tough situation. It is at Los Angeles. So that does kind of give them a little bit more of incentive. The crowd could be loud. I have not been that impressed with Ryan Tannehill this year. Uh, For the Dolphins, for the most part, it's actually been a Jay Johnny show. And he could actually suffer this week because that is a pretty stout uh, front four for the Los Angeles Rams. So uh, I'm kind of torn on this one. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair, so I don't really like any player from either team because of the lack of scoring. And I can see it being kind of like a a 13-10 game, and we all know in fantasy purposes that helps nobody. Yep, I can see that. Again, if you got J.J., you play him just because he's going to get the touches to make something happen. Now, whether or not he can make something happen, um, it remains to be seen. Although, if you look at it, though, you know, the Rams have allowed six rushing touchdowns this year, 795 yards, you know, through what have they played, nine games. I don't believe they've had their bye already, so – yeah, I, I would say the only person I would I would touch would be Ajayi, and then, yeah, again, I'm not touching any Rams. Uh, I actually put Todd Gurley as a bench option in my start bench article this week, which is the first time ever. Um, poor kid. You, you can't run against, you know, eight men in the box, so I, I see that continuing. Uh, let's kick it over to oh, Buffalo at Cincinnati. Who excites you in this game, if anybody? No, actually, Cincinnati, I'm, I really like the connection that Andy Dalton's had with A.J. Green this year. A.J. Green's had a phenomenal year. Uh, there's no reason to uh, sit him on the bench. He's all systems go, even against a good Buffalo defense. Uh, I actually think that this game presents a better opportunity for Giovanni Bernard instead of Jeremy Hill because of his pass-catching ability. So if you're looking for that flex player, Giovanni Bernard is a nice fit. Obviously, Eford is always a possibility. Uh, So I guess I'm much more in charge of or 
in hopes of a better performance from the Bengals. As far as the Bills, the only one I would touch would be LaShawn McCoy. Right now, there's just not much else to offer. I know that they just signed Percy Harvin, and he's supposed to be starting this week. He's not going to be in game shape, folks. He's probably going to be on snap count. Don't get your hopes up. Don't expect much from him. So, once again, I think it's just LaShawn McCoy, and that's it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think it's great that uh, Buffalo coming off their bye should be a much healthier LaShawn McCoy. He, he's been uh, battling, I believe it's a, been a hamstring issue. So, uh, and and the Bengals have given up five rushing touchdowns, also three receiving touchdowns. You, you might see Shady, maybe Shady take a uh, reception in for a touchdown this week. But I think they'll lean on him. I think in a bind, depending on uh, who your starting quarterback is, again, on our bye weeks, there's no Matt Ryan. There's no Phillip Rivers. So, maybe if one of those guys was your first one. I, I could see rolling out Tyrod Taylor. He'll get you some yards on the ground, which is always nice for quarterbacks, you know, depending on your scoring system. But generally, it's one point every 10 yards or whatever. So, we'll take that. But that'd be the only two guys I would probably touch on that. And, and boy, that Cincinnati backfield was so confounding on a weekly basis. I, that's why in most of my leagues this year, I didn't draft either Bernard or Hill because I've had that situation last year and pretty much swung and missed every time I did it. So I picked one over the other, so I'm just like, I'm avoiding that headache. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, we've touched again on, on this game. We'll see if there's anybody else in here that we didn't mention that you would be starting. Tampa Bay travels to Kansas City. We both mentioned uh, we're not high on Jameis Winston this week. Who are we high on in this game, Todd? Well, obviously Spencer Ware is, is an obvious choice. Um, but as I've, I've written about in my rookie review article, Tyreek Hill is seeing more and more opportunities each of the past couple of weeks. Um, he had a very nice game last week, and I expect that to continue into this week. So Tyreek Hill is a very nice sleeper pick. Obviously, you're going to start Kelsey. Uh, you know, that's a given. Uh, but, but other than Ware, that's the only guys I touch on as far as the Chiefs are concerned. And I don't care who the matchup is, but based strictly on the amount of targets he gets, you have to start Mike Evans. Uh, he's getting the most targets in the league. Uh, he's also scored quite a bit this year. Uh, he does have a few drops, but because strictly of his targets, you have to start him. End of, end of sentence. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and Winston's not afraid to try and force it in there. Yeah, Marcus Peters will have his chance for some interceptions, whatever. Winston won't shy away. Hey, we're we're probably going to get every game, and we only have two to go. We oh, we got about a minute and a half. We're going to go quick here. Green Bay, Washington. Who we starting? Who we sitting? And we can run a little bit uh, so you can make your point. Deshaun Jackson is supposed to be starting, but I wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole considering he's missed the past couple games. Even though it is at Washington. They're actually favored, and Green Bay is struggling. But I would not be afraid to start Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson this week. I think they're going to play with a big chip on their shoulder, knowing that they're in third place in the division. Mm-hmm. Once again, behind your Detroit Lions. So First place. those are the guys that I would target. I like it. So, seeing to the point, that brings us to the Monday night football game, which will be played in Mexico this week. Um, I'm, uh, I don't think that will happen again, for if what I'm hearing is, going to happen, but uh, let's go ahead. Houston Texans led by the horrible, horrible Brock Osweiler playing the Oakland Raiders. Who do we like in this game, Todd? Take us home with who we like. 
Well, I'm going to like uh, the open offense across the board pretty much. Um, I'm going to love their passing game. Uh, you've got three incredible incredible weapons uh, with Carr and with Cooper. Uh, I, I, I just think that the passing game is going to control it for Oakland as far as Houston because of the lack of passing game, as you just started about. Oakland's got a much underrated defense. Uh, I, I don't like uh, Houston a whole heck of a lot. So, and go on the Raiders big time in this game. I like that. And with that, the synced analysis brings us to the end of the Week 11 Fantasy Football Feeding Frenzy podcast. Todd, I thank you for being on the show tonight with me. We're both hoping that, uh, hey, Gary, feel better soon. Uh, I'm pretty certain we won't have a show next week since that's Thanksgiving, so we'll probably talk to you in two weeks when we're talking fancy uh, playoffs. Playoffs? I had to do it. Sounds Tell good. people where, where they can find you, where they can find you, and what you're writing about. And I write about the rookies. Uh, I write it every Tuesday night so I can uh, reflect upon all the games, including the Monday night games, so Wednesdays. And then, obviously, I'm here every Thursday for the radio show. Uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you all have a great night. Wally, have a great Thanksgiving. Gary, get well soon. Talk to you all later. Back at you.